Welcome back. I'm Marcus Peter, filling in for Al Cresta and Cresta in the Afternoon. You're joining us on this Wednesday, Feast of the Exaltation of the Cross of Jesus Christ, on the second hour of today's program. One of the most aggressive pro-abortion slogans out there that you and I have all heard is abortions on demand and without apology. And people who talk like this believe they're building some kind of a good and decent society. And honestly, how on earth could they? But this is the rhetoric that's being put out. And in response, a Catholic could pray the rosary in public and without apology. Despite the claims that the rosary has been co-opted by extremists, the rosary truly is a peaceful weapon to be engaged in spiritual warfare. We talked to Jennifer Roback Morse specifically about this. Jennifer Morse, Dr. Jennifer Morse, is the founder of the Ruth Institute. Some of you might already know about the Ruth Institute. It's a global nonprofit organization equipping advocates for the family in their homes and in the public square. She's the author of several books, including The Sexual State, How Elite Ideologies Are Destroying Lives, and How the Church Was Right All Along. She's also the host of the Dr. J podcast, which I happen to chance upon every so often. A friend of mine was just on it recently. So please feel free to look up her work uh, online. Just Google Dr. Jennifer Roback Morse or The Root Institute. Dr. Morse, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on today. No problem. No problem at all. It's an honor to have you on the program. So, well, thank you. So uh, let's let's launch right into this. We have about 11 minutes in the segment, and it's going to fly fast, but there's so much we should talk about pertaining to the rosary and the battle for the life of the unborn. So, so yes. g- give us an overview of what's going on here. Well, you know, this piece came out in The Atlantic, oh, I suppose a few weeks ago by now, um, calling the rosary an extremist symbol, and a lot of people uh, pushed back against that because it was a really ill-informed hit piece, basically. Um, and it's, so basically, I wanted to let the dust settle a little bit, think about this a little bit, and just ask the question, why, why are the pro-abortion people attacking Catholics and attacking the rosary? And, uh, you know, what, what, what are they doing here? Why, you know, what, what is the big problem? They have had control of the institutions of society pretty much un, uh, unchallenged, um, uh, unfettered control for decades now, you know. Um, and the Supreme Court took, took away one of their toys, and now they're mad, you know, is what, is what it looks like. <laughs> right, because um, they, they can no longer count on the Supreme Court being there to back them up uh, on everything that they want. And so, so those are the questions I raised in this, this article I wrote in the National Catholic Register. I'm, I'm a pretty regular columnist um, at the Register. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wrote this article that basically called what, what you just said, the rosary, play it, pray it in public and without apology, you know. Um, Man, it, it, what, what's troubling is that those words, without apology, are often co-opted yeah. by the other side, the, the, the left-wing liberalists who argue that uh, we should be unapologetic about uh, yes. what's the word they use? Uh, sexual, not sexual liberty, uh, sexual liberation. That's right. Uh, being oh, yeah. sexually liberated. Yeah. We should be unapologetic yeah. about that. We should be unapologetic yeah. about how we use our bodies, how we portray our bodies, and and in the face of that, no, actually, we should we should be apologetic. So, how that's how right. does the rosary become a response to that? Yes. Yes. Well, so I am sure that uh, any of your listeners who've been to the March for Life have seen these signs that say abortion on demand and without apology. I remember the first time I saw that sign, I was really taken aback by it, you know, because it's, it's a really in-your-face, aggressive um, thing to be saying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're right. What's, what's really at stake in this debate is what is the meaning of human sexuality? 
And one side wants to say that uh, we get to have as much sex as we want without ever being seriously inconvenienced. You know, and that's the world they're trying to bring into being, you know, mm-hmm. that you're you can have as much sex as you want. You're never going to have a live baby. Um, by the way, if you use your contraception correctly every single time, you won't have any STDs. They never mention anything like where well, you might get a broken heart um, or your contraception <laughs> might fail. You right. know, they never mention anything. But, they never mention those things, of course. So so my position on this and this is what I argue in the sexual state. This is what I argue in this article it's a fantasy ideology. They're, they're trying to bring about a world that cannot be. Mm-hmm. You cannot create a world where sex and babies are completely disconnected. That's right. Some of those doggone babies are going to just slip through the cracks. You know, it's just going to happen. And so when problems emerge or when, you know, the babies emerge or contraception fails, whatever it is, um, they have to have somebody to blame because their system isn't working. And we are the targets of that blame. We are their scapegoats. And that's really the point of my article, um, that they want a world where sex sex has no meaning except it's a recreational activity. Mm-hmm. We want a wor- world where sex is sacred and where the rights of children to their parents is protected. And that's why you only have sex when you're married and only with the person that you're married to. Right. right. Because that protects the interests of the child. Right. And the, and the interests of the spouses involved in the act. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the mother and the father both have skin in the game, so to speak. Um, and our, our our modern systems, which include more than just abortion, of course, which include, uh, you know, um, divorce on demand as well as abortion on demand, which mm-hmm. include third party reproduction where you buy sperm, you buy eggs from a stranger. Right. Uh, all of these things are disruptive to the life of the child. And so mm-hmm. the Catholic position is the alternative to the sexual revolution. And it is objectively a superior alternative. Right. And that's a fact. It is objectively better than what these people have to offer. And so they get mad because they can't have their fantasy isn't going to happen no matter how much power they have, no matter how much propaganda they pump out. And, you know, they do that constantly. Right. Right. Um, And just like you mentioned, just like you mentioned earlier, sometimes the rhetoric being pumped out does. I mean, not sometimes, more often than not, it doesn't hinge upon reason. None of this is very well thought out. It has more to do with, it sounds like impetuous children yelling out in yeah. a playground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's because they're attached to something that's a, that's a, a dream, you know. Um, they, this is the way they, they wish the world were. They wish that men and women could have sex and no babies ever result. Mm-hmm. And the result of the sexual act is the same for the men and the women, you know, whether a baby ever results, whether, you know, who's in charge of the baby, how much effort is the baby, uh, how attached you get to your sex partner. I mean, think about the, the grief these people have created right. by, the, by telling women that they should be just as detached from their sex partner as the average teenage boy is, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, it, it, it's unbelievable, the wreckage that this ideology has created. And yep. so we're the scapegoat, and this hit piece that The Atlantic published um, is really saying, you know, the, the, the Catholics are ex- extremists, the Catholics are a problem, the rosary is a problem, you know. And so I, what, what I want to say to our fellow Catholics is that, you know, look, we wouldn't have chosen this position in this particular historical moment, but this is our role at this yep. moment. We are the appointed scapegoats. They are blaming us because their crazy thing isn't working. Okay, go ahead and blame me, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to stand over here, and I'm going to say, whenever you ask, or maybe even if you don't ask, I'm going to tell you, 
the deliberate taking of an innocent human life is always wrong. I'm going to tell you that the Catholic sexual ethic is superior to the sexual revolutionary Mm -hmm. ethic, if you even want to call it an ethic, you know. (laughs) If um, it can be called an ethic, yep. (laughs) Right, right. Um, Our position is superior. And if you want to yell at me and you want to call me names and, you know, you want to yell at the Blessed Mother or whatever you want to do about it, I'm not going to change what I'm doing here. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and as a matter of fact, I'm going to get in your face and I'm going to say the rosary even more, (laughs) even more, even more. That's right. You you hit me praying, I'm going to pray even harder. Exactly. And and you know what, I, I, what? What I've seen, you've probably seen these stories, too, that the rosaries are flying off the shelves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As soon as Have that article came that? out, yep, rosaries flew off the shelves. I want to revisit yeah. what, you, what you said earlier about how uh, ridiculously dehumanizing uh, everything that's coming out of the sexual revolution is. It, it's so mechanical yeah. at this point. Uh, contraception. Yeah. So... Uh, the language that we use, you know, uh, use protection. Why? Because we're prote- we are protecting ourselves from a child who is going to harm us in right. some way. And then, uh, if that doesn't work, third-party sperms, third-party eggs, uh, right. donors. Right. Sur- sur- I mean, the, the the spiral began the day we completely mechanized the sexual process instead of leaving right. it in its organic realm between bride and bridegroom within the marital union. Right. No, that's exactly right. People, you know, one of the things the sexual revolutionaries love to do is to say, look, we're going to we're going to we're going to get rid of the old, tired, terrible taboos. The taboos are a problem. This is not a big deal. What we're asking of you every time they talk to you like that, you better you better run for the hills because mm-hmm. you better believe it's going to be a stinking big deal. It know? is. I mean, because you know, what's at stake is true. the human person and their dignity and then ultimately right. marriage, the family, the society, and the world. This is a big deal. It's not just about uh, what I do in my that. bedroom. Yeah, other, other than that, it's no big deal at all, right? Future <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure the world's at stake, but... Uh, Dude, don't just worry about the privacy of your bedroom. That's all. It, it, it all takes place there privately, you know. Um, yes. Yeah, so there are so many missteps here. And so honestly, the, the the contraceptive move and the contraceptive ideology was a momentous step. Mm-hmm. And people have not fully grasped how momentous it is. And Catholics are really the only people who are in a position to help people to see that, yep. right? Because we're, we're the last guys standing, you know, we're the last holdouts here on yep, this whole yep. thing, <laughs> you know? Um, Be- and, and honestly, history is going to... Um, Prove us right. Us. Yep. I mean, history already is. It already is vindicating us. Right? Yep. So, and, yeah. and you're right. The, the, the contraceptive burst, uh, if anything, enabled this kind of globalized utilitarianism that, that yes. pervaded the, the, the woman's body. It's all around, yes. well, that body is for my pleasure. And this, this right. horrific Cartesian mentality of my body, my choice, as if I am this person, this, my body is a thing to be used. Yep. We, we, we've lost sight of an integrated anthropology that I am a body-soul composite person, and what I do in my body impacts what happens in my soul and vice versa. And therefore, it's right. not just about what's happening in the bedroom. It's not just about what acts I do with a particular person. It's about person to person, souls uniting with an eternal ramification. Right, right. And when, when you think of that, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the dualism there, because this is what's at stake in the whole transgender ideology, mm-hmm. right? That the fantasy continues, right? The fantasy is that your body is a thing, and I was born in the wrong body. That's right. That is philosophical, that's philosophical nonsense. And biological nonsense. It's scientific nonsense. It's just nonsense, right? 
the idea that somebody that it's even possible to be born in the wrong body Mm -hmm. you know first of all if you tell that to a small child that's actually a scary thought right right (laughs) right if you you really think about the well-being of children you tell you know a little six-year-old or something you know who thinks if he puts on a a cape he can be superman and fly or something right you know and you tell him you're born in the wrong body you know this is a very disruptive um, uh, destructive thing to be telling a That's small right. child, and right. and I I think what it, the what it shows all of these things we're talking about that the target throughout the sexual revolution has been the human body and yep. human embodiment. These people hate the human body. Yep. They they use it as a toy and they're having a lot of fun with their body, or so they think, right? But because they don't understand the body soul composite that you just mentioned, it right. turns out not to be any fun. You know, casual sex turns out to be not fun. That's right. sort of the irony of the whole thing. Thank you, Dr. Moss. And I'd love to continue this conversation sometime in the future. Stay tuned. I'm Marcus Peter filling in for Al Cressa as we continue to have conversations about things that matter most.